0: Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed Podcast. And today we have Tina Clark. We did a show. She's local here in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm unimpressed. We haven't expanded on our conversation since our last podcast. Welcome, Tina Clark. How are you doing, Tina?
2: Good. Thank you for having me on again.
0: If people didn't listen to the podcast the last time you were here, what what would you how would you define yourself?
2: Well, I'm a Reiki master teacher, I'm a shamanic energy healer, and I'm a podcast host of my own podcast called My Weirdest Experience. My business name is Stargazing Angel. That basically sums up what I do.
0: Well, it's very, very interesting, Charleston. Charleston is a very high energy place, and I was at the beach, I don't know, about a month ago. This guy putting this type of symbol with shells on the beach this guy must be some type of energy healer. The place that I saw this guy, I've always felt like a lot of energy there. And it's right where Sullivan's Island crosses over into Isle of Palms. I, I watched him do this. Him and his wife got up and walked away and I ran him to him in the parking lot and I says, are you a, an energy healer? And he said, yes. He said, there's a lot of portals around Charleston, South Carolina. So what would you say a Portal of energy is in a certain area, uh, in your world.
2: Well, to me, a portal is a gateway to another place, okay, or another dimension. Sometimes portals are open and sometimes they're closed, sometimes they open during certain times. I think that people can open portals
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and people can close them. I think most people have tried, that have tried, could open them, but they don't know how to close them.
0: What have you experienced with different spots or different locations you felt like had a lot of lot of energy?
2: You know, if it has a benevolent energy, it'll feel really good. And you might go into a meditative state, or you might start talking and releasing things like around angel oak, I've noticed. I'll sit there and listen to what people say about the tree, and it's mm-hmm. always beautiful things. And I took a friend there once and we sat by the tree and she started talking about her past which I thought was interesting so I almost felt like she's talking about her parents and her past and that she was releasing something in that location like she was telling me the story in this location for a reason so I just let her talk so some of these places could be very healing for people whether they're talking or not talking but then there are some dark places around Charleston like downtown or the Charleston city jail that you have to be careful so those places there's a lot of spirit activity there could be spirits that want to follow you home now then you have to be careful around those areas so we have a a lot of light and dark here
0: you're saying downtown you think there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on down there
2: oh yes
0: yeah. yeah, what 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 have you experienced down there?
2: Years ago I went to the Charleston Jail cuz I knew it was really haunted and I did a clearing of it and I actually had it recorded. There's so many ghosts in Charleston and in that area if you read up the history around the jail there are it used to be one big cemetery and so I still think there are bodies in the ground and that's not a good combo. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) We shouldn't be walking over graves. Uh, It's just a long history there. And my guard is up when I go to Charleston because I feel like stuff wants to follow me home.
0: Why would your guard be up in a cemetery?
2: Because I don't want anything to follow me home.
0: What do you assess when you first see a client?
2: So if it's a brand new person, I always schedule a longer session because i end up talking with them about what's going on in their lives and the struggles they've had physically, mentally, emotionally. Oftentimes I attract people who are wounded healers Mm -hmm. So people who have a great capacity to heal, but they have challenges that they need to clear those out before they can even function Mm -hmm. as a healer. Mm -hmm. And how do you know you're a healer? You're attracted to healing. You know, Mm -hmm. you're attracted to energy healing. You're attracted to helping people. You know, there's something about you that people are attracted to. You know, Mm -hmm. they feel safe around you. They, you know, feel better around you. They feel accepted or validated. So that's a sign of a healer. You know, I get a whole gamut. I get people who have chronic pain. I have people who just want to try Mm -hmm. Reiki and energy healing. Like yesterday I had a new client and she just wanted to try it. You know, she's trying new things, she said. They have chronic pain. I tried to figure out why they have that in a certain location. You can figure that out if you know the chakras
1: mm-hmm. and the
2: seven chakras and what they represent in your life. And then I tried to narrow that window down where it started. It's almost like investigative work. A client has shoulder pain. I asked them, so when did it start? Oh, well, when I was 15 years old. Well, what was happening in your life at 15? Mm-hmm. See- Nobody is thinking about this, Mm -hmm. that everything is connected. The timing of things is important. Then I always ask them, what's your intention for the session? Because I want them to vocalize what they want to happen. So I'm clear on what they want.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss That's plushcare.com weightloss weight loss.
2: To happen, and I can help them with that. So I make them tell me what they want, and then that's how I focus the session.
0: And then you them. home in on that certain thing. Yeah. How do you tap into seeing something?
2: Well, your energy field has everything about you. In mm-hmm. it. So, and I'm not just talking about this lifetime; all the other lifetimes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, sometimes I'm feeling in the energy field of someone, and I see another lifetime, or I see how they died mm-hmm. in that lifetime. Then I tell them, I share that information. Sometimes, however, they died is still stuck in the energy field and causing them pain.
0: What do you see on me right now?
2: I don't know, because I'm not working on you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't see anything the last time, but if you want me, if you said, Tina, I'm curious about my past lives mm-hmm. and how I or how I died or did I die by this method? Can you tune into that? Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Well, let's talk about chakras. A lot of people don't know what chakras are. A lot of people have never heard of chakras.
2: So chakras are the seven main energy centers of the body. And mm-hmm. they, it means wheels of light in Sanskrit, which is ancient Indian language. Mm-hmm. That culture is known about it for probably thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And if you practice yoga, you've heard of chakras because mm-hmm. your yogi teacher probably mentioned them.
0: Chakras. You should pronounce it chakras, chakras.
2: Either way. I say chakras.
0: Chakras. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So there's seven main ones. So it starts at the bottom of your spine as the root chakra, mm-hmm. then the sacral below your belly button, mm-hmm. then the solar plexus in the middle of your stomach, then the heart is in the center of your chest, the throat, the third eye, and then the crown. So those are the seven main ones. They each have a color to them mm-hmm. and they each have a meaning to them. Uh-huh. And there's more, by the way, there's more chakras yes. than that. Yeah, But you really don't need to know about the other ones. The seven main ones is what we really need to deal with in a physical body.
0: So tell us about uh, the root chakra.
2: So the root chakra is all your survival needs. It's being in a body. It's money. It's safety.
0: The bottom one is the root chakra. Going up to sacral, like your abdomen. What is the sacral? What's going on with that?
2: It's where your source of creativity is. It's where all your emotions, a lot of emotions sit. Inspiration, that's what the sacral represents.
0: So how would you get bad emotions out of your sacral chakra?
2: Well, you would get an energy healer, or if you were trained... Like mm-hmm. you are in Reiki 1, you would put your hands over that area and ask questions. Say, is there's any emotions in here that are stuck that need to move out, that need to release? A great statement is to say, if there's anything here not for my highest good, it must leave. Okay. And send Reiki to that area and see what you get.
0: If I go right here and I say...
2: What, if it's not for my highest good, it must leave.
0: If it's not for my highest good in my sacral chakra, it must leave. How long do you put energy there?
2: As long as you feel like it's necessary.
0: All right. I'll let you know how that turns out. <laughs> the next one right in here, chakra, is your solar plexus. Yep. Now, what is that all about? So
2: that's where your power is. Inner power is.
0: Your inner power. Yep. And that's that's it. That's the only characteristic it has.
2: Sometimes some mental stuff gets stuck in there.
0: And what would you do with that? That do you have any saying for that chakra?
2: There, I have one word sayings for chakras. So the root would be safety mm-hmm. and or security. The sacral would be creativity. The solar would be power.
0: And then you have the heart chakra. What what's going on with the heart chakra? So
2: the heart is. Where you give love and receive love. When I'm raking, that chakra is where past loved ones come through because you're connected to them through your heart. They're gonna give me a message or show up. Usually it's when I'm working on the, the heart.
0: And that's from the loved ones, for any past loved ones in your life. Right. You, they could show up when you're working on the heart chakra.
2: Not necessarily. I mean, they could show up anytime. Yeah. But often found that when I'm working on the heart, that's where the connection is for that client to a past loved one.
0: I'm going here, going to the throat chakra. What about the throat chakra? So The
2: throat is about speaking your truth mm-hmm. or asking for what you want or communication. So all of those things. So if you're blocked in that area, you know, that that circle will be tight or slow. Mm-hmm. You know, we can do that with a pendulum. You can assess how they're circling with a pendulum. You learned that in Reiki 1. Yes. If it's kind of tight, and a lot of people are because they're, we're not taught to communicate effectively. Mm-hmm. And we're not taught to ask for what we want, which is also a power issue, mm-hmm. right? Or you might have a person in your life that you find hard to speak your truth to or communicate with. Mm -hmm. so that'll that'll block up your throat chakra
0: why would you find it hard to communicate with somebody
2: maybe you feel like they're not open to what you are saying to them or they're Mm -hmm. not open to your beliefs Mm -hmm. or they're you know someone you don't get along with Mm -hmm. or someone who has power over you you may feel like you can't really express yourself or be yourself around them
0: yeah because I think communication is a, is a big deal. And I, th- I see a lot of different um, communications, a lot of different types of communication. I've seen communication a very l- important thing because how people respond to things that are from different parts of the world, right? And I learned this when I, when I worked at this country club, right? So you had these guys from Serbia. You had these guys from Mexico. Then you had these guys from Haiti. I would see them get into arguments. But then when I really listened and, and, and paid attention to what they were arguing about, they really shouldn't have been arguing. They just didn't communicate the right way. If this, if your throat chakra is about communication, why do you think different parts of the world have a different way to translate communication?
2: Well, I think we learn communication from our parents and our family. And so if our parents didn't communicate well, I don't think we're really taught how to effectively communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I've actually learned how to better communicate from friends. You know, I would learn from them how they would express their feelings to each other. Mm-hmm. Like I had this friend in middle school. She would say simple things like, what you did or said hurt my feelings, mm-hmm. you know, which wasn't really accusing. She was just expressing that blew my mind because I never really heard anybody talk like that in my family.
0: <laughs> well, how about geographical? I was t- telling you about my process, right? hmm how to find a perfect audience, right? You look at environment, assessing your environment. So if you have an environment of Serbians, have an environment of Mex- Mexicans, you have an environment of Haitians, and they all communicate differently. I think people, instead of have to understand that environment to really define how they communicate.
2: You know, I mean, I'm not an expert in other cultures, so I don't yeah. know how they communicate things, but even it could be a language barrier because, you know, they're speaking English as a second language, right? If they're mm-hmm. coming from other countries, so they're going to struggle to find the words.
0: Going back to my other part, that establishes the foundation, right? That environment, their communication. If you think about the chakras, maybe there's a relation to each.
2: If you're emotional, it's harder to communicate. If you're calm, then you get able to communicate a lot better. But if you're angry or upset, you tend to say things that you don't really mean right? Yeah. to get back at that person.
1: Yeah.
2: And part of that is just maturity, you know, or knowing, Hey, I'm really pissed off. So I'm going to, I'm going to get out of this situation. I need to- Time out, like a self-inflected time out. Like I've done that.
0: I've always said you never make a decision off emotions or why you're emotional. Never make any decision in business or anything.
2: Is there a difference between emotions and feelings?
0: I mean, I think your emotions create the feelings, right?
2: What if you make a decision without tuning into your feelings? Do you think it's just a mental exercise?
0: Yeah, I think you got to understand that. I think if you start to feel that way, you got to understand that. You got to recognize that. If you're starting to get mad or you're starting to feel like you're going down that road of getting upset, I think you got to have a reverse trigger that says, hey, I don't want to go down this road. Let me stop. That's something I've been trying to work on myself. I don't want to get emotional about anything
2: or you don't want to emotions okay but you don't want to get worked up to a point where you can't function you know what i mean or yeah. you can't think clearly i have that too like i have that i manage it so when i start getting upset
0: you want to fire off
2: oh yeah like somebody emails you <laughs> and pisses you off yeah and you want to respond right away yeah. i did that last week and i walked away i'm gonna say something that it's not going to be nice, yeah. you know? So I give myself time to calm down.
0: Using that in business, right? They say silence is a big deal. Being silence, People, if yeah. you're silence, you respond with silence. People can't understand that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: they have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. If, if something upsets you so much and you respond with silence, they have nowhere to go. There's nothing they can do. Yeah. But in society, people want to jump down their throat and want to prove the point you know, maybe they should try the opposite way.
2: And, you know, and sometimes it's not worth responding.
0: Mm-hmm. Third eye chakra. What is a third yeah, eye so chakra? Third
2: eye is like actually a spirit eye located between your eyebrows. And it's mm-hmm. your clear seeing. It's, your, it's all where your psychic abilities lie. So yeah. it's not only seeing, it's kind of feeling and knowing all wrapped up in that. And so psychic mediums use that to feel into things to see things you know if you're seeing like me i'll see pictures of things that's where it's coming from Mm -hmm. it's from the third eye and an interesting side note is that if i'm around other psychic mediums i'll get like a throbbing sensation in my third eye by just being around them so yeah because i i took a mediumship class once and my third eye started throbbing and i asked them why is my third eye feeling like that and they said because you're around us so it's like open opening up and triggering mine by being mm-hmm. around them.
0: Now, what does that enable you to do? That enables you to see the future. Enables you to uh,
2: it enables you to see spirit. Yeah. To visualize something. You yeah. know. Some people. Everybody's different. Their gifts are different. So mm-hmm. it's knowing to all those clear senses that we talked about in Reiki one. Mm-hmm. You know that clear sentience is feeling that clear cognizance, knowing that. Clear audience, hearing, all of that is wrapped up in the third eye. You ever heard, you ever seen the eye of Horus? And Mm -mm. so in Egypt, they have the eye of Horus and it's actually a drawing. Yeah. And that represents the third eye and the pineal gland inside the brain.
0: Gotcha. Why do you think our brain is limited in thought processes to some extent? Do you think it's because of your lineage, because of the perpetuation of? Uh, information, when you talk about, you know, environment, foundation, you know, is that, and you carry that through your lineage, right? Mm -hmm. And you perpetuate that, you start to close down those walls in your head in a way, right?
2: Yeah, there's different theories on that. Like science, they don't know what most of our brain does. Mm -hmm. You know, they have such thing as uh, junk DNA, Mm -hmm. which I don't think our DNA is junk at all. I just think that We don't understand what that DNA does, Mm -hmm. you know, so, and maybe it doesn't do anything material or physical. Mm
1: -hmm. Maybe
2: it's got to do with the third eye and the pineal gland and our spiritual side. I think mental thought is limited. And I know you might disagree with me on that, but I go more into heart and gut when I make decisions. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm thinking about it. I'm definitely a thinker, but I don't use only thoughts to make decisions.
0: It was funny the other night, my daughter comes in and says, Hey, can I go ride in a boat with so-and-so, this girl named Emma? Our friend group's going to go go out tomorrow in the harbor and ride in this boat. I'm thinking to myself, I says, you know, 16-year-old girls in a boat by themselves on the Charleston Harbor? That doesn't make a lot of no. sense to me. <laughs> And I started thinking about, I said, Mariana, that's a big deal. I don't know if, I said, no. I said, there's no way I'm going to let you do that, right? And just my initial instincts where I said, here's what I bet. I said, I bet you minimum of two, maximum of four people, once they talk to their parents, they will not be able to go. And then after I thought about it more, I said, the trip's probably not even going to happen, right? And this was my first, first thought process. And she's like, oh, I want to go. Everybody's going. Everybody gets to do it. I said, no, everybody doesn't get to do this. It's a big deal. 16-year-old girls in a boat by themselves in the harbor. I guarantee you two to four people will fall out. So about 10, 15 minutes later, she goes to her phone, Snapchat. Emma can't go. Jen can't go. This one can't go. Yeah. That one can't go. And the trip never happened. That was instinct. You know? I just naturally started you know, rationalize that. And I knew the answer to it, you know. After you kind of weighed that, mm-hmm. and then took a gut feeling,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so I don't, I don't totally disagree. I think there's a difference between a gut response and an intelligent response. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, if you rationalize something, I think that can be an intelligent mental response if the rationalization makes sense mm-hmm. and you understand, like philosophy, environment foundation, sensitivities, I think if you understand that, that initial phase, I do think you can make decisions from mentally and intelligence. But I think certain certain things, going back to emotions, that may push your instincts to a little higher feeling. I think that's what instincts are.
2: If I'm raking someone and I see an energetic arrow in their head, that's not rational. No. it just It is what it is. It's like, that's what I saw. Yeah. Or that's what I'm feeling. And obviously, this person's alive on the table, so either they got shot in the head or survived, or this is something else.
0: So maybe there's a process there as well.
2: Or sometimes you meet someone, and you don't really like them, and there's no rational reason for it, right? Mm -hmm. They look normal, they're smiling at you, they're friendly, you know, but there's something about them that's off-putting. So that's a feeling, that has nothing to do with thought.
0: Well, it's funny with me is like a lot of people, I don't show a lot of emotion. I'm the same way whether I'm happy, sad, I kind of have the same look. A lot of people can't really uh, figure me out, you know, it's almost like a poker face.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And some people misjudge that, you know, about what's really going through my head. And I don't know where that came from, but my daughter's very similar. I think in a way that's good, you know. People may judge you the wrong way, but in a way I think that's
2: when I That's was younger, good. every I would get feedback and people would say, I know exactly what you're thinking and feeling on your face. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want everybody to know that. Mm-hmm. So I worked on my poker face. Yeah. So it worked because then I started getting feedback from people. And they said, "We, I have no idea what you're thinking right now. So i made it deliberate that you will not know unless I want you to know. Mm -hmm. And that's just in the work. I mean, I don't work in the office anymore. So
0: Now the last one, the seventh one is the crown chakra. What's the crown chakra? So
2: the crown chakra is on the top of your head and it's your connection to the divine. Mm -hmm. And it's basically where your spirit guides and angels will come through. That's Well, they're part of your energy anyway, but that's kind of how they communicate with you is through your crown. And that's where we connect. To universal life force right mm-hmm. with Reiki mm-hmm. so we bring that energy down through our crown
0: down through here our and connection
2: out. to our soul to our oversoul hmm that's part of us
0: now what's oversoul?
2: So our soul is so huge that we're doing multiple lives at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a piece of our soul in us right now that's connected to the oversoul. So people call it oversoul or higher self, you know, but that's your soul. And so we have only part of ourselves here and we're multitasking in other dimensions and other places.
0: And the thing about it is everybody has everybody has seven chakras. Everybody mm-hmm. can under everybody can understand the seven chakras themselves. You know, maybe if people looked at these things, maybe they can determine who they are themselves.
2: Yep. It really reveals a lot of information on you. I mean, if you get chronic sore throats, I know that your throat chakra is off. So mm-hmm. I'll start asking questions on you know, we already went through it. Can you speak your truth? How good are you communicating what you need and want? Is there anybody you're struggling with right now communicating with? You know, nine times out of ten, they're going to think of somebody. Yeah. Oh, it's my husband or my sister or my mother that I'm fighting with right now.
1: You
0: think that chakras and uh, have been defined publicly the right way why do not more people know about their chakras
2: i think because it's more of a eastern philosophy than a western Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think our western society we're so disconnected from our spiritual selves here i mean we're kind of ignorant of it until we learn about it unless you take yoga or unless you learn reiki you're not going to know a lot about the chakras unless you Make the effort. But I will tell you, I've read quite a few books on chakras. I've took training and everything that I've learned through Reiki is what I need to know about the chakras. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not really learning anything new or extra. But as a Reiki practitioner, you're going to be, you need to understand what they represent. Because that's going to help you figure out what's going on with you or someone else. Think of it as a map. It's like Mm -hmm. an energetic map. Of what's going on with you energetically and then we can piece out what the root is Mm -hmm. by what's happening with you what you're experiencing physically because everything that's physical that you're feeling came from energy from an emotion or thought that's how it started out and eventually it manifested into maybe a physical symptom
0: do you think you can talk your way into issues
2: oh hell yeah
0: how do people talk their way into the problems?
2: There's so many people who have anxiety issues and they worry about the future
1: mm-hmm. and they're
2: worrying about things that haven't actually happened. And so they're actually creating problems in their mm-hmm. head and we just need to stop doing that mm-hmm. you know because you're you're getting anxious about something that may or may not happen. So you're using up energy worrying about something. You know, it's kind of a waste of energy. That's why I say worrying is a waste of energy.
0: After I heard you say that, I've told people that have anxiety that anxiety is worrying about the future. Now I think there's some people that have such extreme anxiety that they have been worrying about the future all their life that they don't even worry anymore, it's just triggered. What do you do for someone with anxiety when it's just triggered?
2: Well, the first step to healing it is knowing that you have an issue. So you have to understand that you are an anxious person and you're worried about the future and you need to practice managing your thoughts so you're not going down that path. Mm -hmm. So you literally have to cut yourself off. Oh, I'm worried about my drive back in the rain today. You know, yeah. you change that around and say, I'm perfectly safe driving home today in the rain.
1: Mm-mm.
2: So you replace that fear thought mm-hmm. with another thought. Mm-hmm. And you practice that. So it's like a muscle. You keep practicing, you'll get better at it. But for people who have a severe anxiety and they're on medication, I mean, it's almost hard to bring them back from that. Because yeah. for years and years and years, they've been perpetuating that Mm -hmm. so they have to learn a new way to think
1: Mm -hmm.
2: a new way to handle their thoughts which it's all thoughts Mm -hmm. it's all about the mind
0: well and i think getting in the society we live in too i think there's other elements That feed that, that is like getting things now. I think that's a major, major issue. I think it's a major issue in how we do business. That's a major issue in how we how we live our life. I think that's a major issue spiritually. People responding to that could be a problem. Spiritually, people may not have time for any spiritual beliefs and wanting things immediately. I mean, what do you think about what do you think about information and stuff that we're fed all the time that creates those situations
2: cut off the information stop watching the news stop reading the paper Mm -hmm. you know you don't need it all it is is triggering fear 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 they're trying to sell you something you know they have sponsors so they get your attention so especially if you're a sensitive person i cut off the news years and years and years ago i don't even watch the news Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's happening. If I know, if I learn something happening, it's like on social media because somebody yeah. will talk about it. But I don't even look at the news.
0: You see my video that um, "Information Drive Society." I had to show you that video. I okay. did this video a couple years ago called "Information Drive Society," right? Because if you're born in a desert and you only experience that desert, you're only going to know the desert. So let's let's put a let's put you over here in this world where there's televisions, where there's uh, electronic devices. You know, you're being fed all types of information, and people wonder why everybody's emotions are so high. You know, I think emotions are so high because we're being overfed too much
2: information. I mean, it's useless information. Yes. Why do you need to know about everything going around all over the world, every war, every disaster, you know? It's not being unsympathetic. It's just out of your control, mm-hmm. really. So why do you need that information?
0: And we report on bad things, which make those bad things seem closer to you right. personally, but they're really not. Mm-hmm you know it's not really close to you personally yes you you and you experience these emotions and then everybody else experiences the same emotions you said something earlier about the negativity that we're all experiencing right now what is that called you said you said some kind of you said it in a very unique way collective energy we're experiencing a lot of negative collective energy right now you think it's higher now the collective energy right now is higher than it's ever been
2: probably because of Of the internet and TV and the news and everything. Because think about it, even though in the Middle Ages that was a pretty dark time, people in Europe didn't know what was happening in, you know, China. So there was nothing to feed it, you know, but now things are getting fed with information. Fear is being fed with information.
0: So in a way, you know, talk about Meta and so forth, they... They want to bring the world closer. Maybe we shouldn't bring the world so close. Should we bring the world that close, where you know everything and everybody? Or is it how do you decipher goodness out of that? There's some goodness in there somewhere, but what we kind of focus on the negative. But how do you make that? How do we focus well, I on think positive? There's
2: good and bad out of the internet. So you know, we have we're overwhelmed with the information, but we get to connect with people too. Mm -hmm. So like with my podcast, I get to meet people all over the world and hear their stories. Mm -hmm. And there's no way I would have been able to do that without the internet. Yes. So I think that's a blessing. Yes. But then I think the misinformation or the negativity, that's the downside of the internet. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand that that's what's happening and that it's a choice to take that in or not.
0: People need to know about it. And there's a lot of people I talk to in my my circles that don't even know about it. And I think uh, hopefully some people can listen to this and, and help them understand what chakras are. But
2: the information is out there. It's all out there on anything you could possibly want to learn. Follow your curiosity. Your curiosity may not be logical. You know how many people come to me and say, oh, I'm really drawn to... Reiki, but I don't know why I don't even understand what it is. And I was like, well, learn more about it. Mm -hmm. There's that pull is your soul talking to you. Mm -hmm. Do this, find out more about this. And that's how I started my, when I started learning all this, I just let myself get pulled toward what I thought was interesting and exciting. And then if I learned how to do it and practice it and I liked it, I kept doing it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty simple. And if I didn't resonate with it and I didn't care for it, I just didn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I focused on other things.
0: Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this conversation I had with Tina Clark today about our chakras. I think that's good information to put out in the world. Uh, So hopefully everybody learned something. And uh, if you're looking for a a master Reiki healer in Charleston, South Carolina, look up Stargazing Angel.
2: I'm located in Somerville. My website's tinakennyclark.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Come find me, email me, call me. i always answering people's questions.
0: So. Cool. Yeah, she's, Tina's very open. I called her out of the blue when we first met, and she answered all my questions. So, And here we are today, our second podcast, and we'll probably do another one. We'll figure out what the next episode will be, but I think we'll find something that needs to be put out in the universe, and uh, maybe people can learn something. And This has been your Unimpressed Podcast, and I'm John edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions.